talking about Revelation, and we've been in actually, uh, this is our 13th week, and I'm like, I've never did a series this long, and we're just going to go through the book, and we're doing it, we're not trying to hurry through it, we're just trying to, you know, find out, because with all of what's going on, hasn't it been kind of nutso, you know, I mean, remember back in the day, all of us, some of you have lived as long as me, and some longer, and, and remember when this, you know, in times were so different, and now, you know, it's just, you know, what people saw back when I was a kid, they're like, that's never going to happen. Everything, have you ever heard this? Everything that can be discovered has already been discovered. Right. And now we find all kinds of things that, you know, they've, they've discovered this and found out this and all of these things. It's just an amazing walk. And then our nation has been through so many, uh, we've been through wars and, and depressions and all kinds of things, and yet we have still survived. It is, it is, you know, the question of like what is going on now is why this book is, is relevant and prevalent to why we're looking into it because of things that are happening uh, in today's time. Now, in this particular, we're going to talk about a woman, a dragon, and a war in heaven. So we're still midway, halfway through the tribulation, and John is, you know, he's been uh, taken to heaven as far as he's got this vision of what's going on, and the end of the world is being revealed. And remember, this book, Revelation, is about revealing. So we need to understand this is about what is, what is to come, you know, and what was. So this is about putting everything, and it's up especially about revealing Jesus Christ. John gets this vision, and, he, and this is, he plans the most amazing, I mean, this is the story of history. I, I you know, in school, now maybe it's just me, but for me, there's certain subjects I excelled at better in school. I liked Science was eh. Math, pfft. not a real math fan. Spelling, I was okay with spelling. I didn't, you know, grammar and all that. And my wife would be like, you should have studied harder. But history, I liked history because history, I work in my mind like with pictures. Does anybody else do? I mean, I could picture things that would happen. And in the history book, when they, they showed Washington, you know, crossing the Delaware or whatever, I could, in my mind, wonder what that was like. And, and the War of 1812, I knew what year that was fought. 1812. But, I mean, I could picture things, and, and I like, you know, so I, I, I get that. So John is getting pictures of what is going on and what was and what is and what is to come. So he gets those kind of things. But sometimes we have trouble when we, you know, if, if we can't see it, we almost just, it doesn't, it doesn't get validated. But do you know that faith is all about things you can't see? It's the subject of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It is if we are believing faith, according to the Bible, it says the just shall walk by faith. And, you know, we have to have faith. That's how we walk by, by what we see is what we believe. So in this... This is a story. It's a story of Israel. It's a story of Satan and, and the story of the Messiah. It's angels against demons. There's a battle that goes on. Anytime I started talking about angels and demons, it usually brings controversy. Because there's, there's and, and this whole book is controversial. There's people that have all kinds of takes on this book. I'm not here to tell you I am the guru on all of this. I'm just telling you what I think this is saying. You should study this yourself. And you get it and let it line up with the word. Because if I say anything wrong, what are the chances of that? 
<laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> okay, but I'm going to do the best. This is Revelation 12, 1 and 3 says, and then the New King James says, now a great sign appeared. I like the New King James. If you're wondering, I'm going to give you most of the translations today are usually New Living Translations. It's very easy to understand. I like it. The, my next favorite translation of the Bible or in my top two are the New King James because the New King James is like the King James, but it takes out the these and the thous. So you kind of, you can understand what's going on. Uh, and, and so it's really good if I know what's going on because then I can picture it. Now think about what I'm talking about in my mind. So Revelation 12, one and three, I witnessed, New King James says a great sign, in heaven, an event of great significance. I saw a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon beneath her feet, and crown of 12 stars on her head. She was pregnant, and she cried out because of her labor pains and the agony of giving birth. Then I witnessed in heaven another significant event. I saw a large red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns on his head. So we have a woman. We have a dragon. What is happening? First thing, notice that John is saying these are signs. These are some things that I saw, that he saw in heaven. They're symbolic. Remember, symbolic of real things and real events. So we need to understand symbolism and some of the things that are going on. So it can be talking about past, present, or future. You can read this, and we talked in the first week, you can read it as an allegory, and that's symbolic of ideas, and not really real things, but just that, that kind of thing. Uh, some read it that way, and you can, um, but no matter what you think, we're going to get a little bit deeper into that, okay? So the woman is clothed with the sun and the moon underfoot. Some say, some of the scholars say that this is Mary. Um, Jesus' mom, due to her being pregnant and who she's giving birth to. I understand why they think that because of what I just said, but symbolically, I think it's past that. How many knows that God is deep? Nudge your neighbor and say, oh, he's deep. I think this is talking about Israel, the nation. The sun and the moon images come from Joseph's dream in Genesis, 12 stars, 12 tribes. And in verse 2, she's pregnant, she's ready to give birth. God's purpose for Israel was to bring forth the Messiah. So again, symbolism, purpose is to bring forth the Messiah. Now enter the dragon. I'm not talking about Bruce Lee. So all the dudes in the building are like, oh, what? not talking about Bruce. But this dragon is huge and red, seven heads, ten horns, and let me show you why I think this is Israel. Revelation 12, 4 through 9. His tail swept one-third of the stars in the sky, and he threw them to the earth. He stood in front of the woman, and she was about to give birth, ready to devour her baby as soon as it was born. As soon as it was born. She gave birth to a son who was to rule all nations with an iron rod. And her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and to his throne. And the woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her for 1260 days. Then there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, and the dragon lost the battle. And he and his angels were forced out of heaven. The great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. Now we're going to talk about these verses so just so we can kind of get a glimpse. Verse 9 says, The dragon is Satan who leads the whole world off course. Seven heads, ten horns represent power, and we'll talk more about that in just a little bit. But let's talk about these verses for just a second. You got to understand, Satan wasn't created evil. You need to understand he was an angel. How many know that? This is real important for us to understand because 
when we, you know, when we think, you know, it wasn't real long ago I sang the champion and we talked about God and the devil fighting against each other. Do you know that's not even an even match? Uh, we do, you know, the song is, is done just to show you that he is one and the enemy is doing exactly like that song would say. He's always trying to deceive. Knowing that he's an angel, there are limits to an angel, just like we have limits to being human. An angel is not omnipresent, is not omniscient, so it's not all-knowing. It can't be everywhere at the same time. And God can. There's a great big difference there. So what is happening is we need to understand that Satan rebelled against God. He was, at the beginning, he was just, do you, do you understand why it's so important that you get to choose? Your moral character chooses. You can force somebody to do something. It's like the little boy that said, you know, the teacher said, I, I need everybody to stand up. And he's, he refused. She said, you will stand up. And he refused, and she said, young man, if you don't stand up, you'll get detention, and I will send you to the office and a note home to your parents. And so he stood up, and the little boy said, I'm standing up on the outside, but I'm sitting down on the inside. (laughs) So you need to understand, there's importance that God is trying, because you have the moral free will to choose, and that's very important. Satan, obviously, did not choose God's way. And we see that the dragon or the enemy wants to devour the child as soon as it's born, and that child is Jesus. And the enemy's goal is to kill the Messiah as soon as he was born. Now remember, now I'm just giving you some backstory. How many remember Herod murdered every boy two years and under when he was born you know, that was in Bethlehem? Trying to accomplish this dastardly deed. Wonder where that idea came from. Look at verse 5, Revelation 12, 5. She gave birth to a son who was to rule the nations with an iron rod. Her child was snatched away from the dragon and was caught up to God and his throne. Israel gives birth, the one who will rule the nations. So the main pulse of what we're talking about is Jesus is going to rule. He's going to rule. And Satan doesn't like that. And he's after him. He doesn't want to lose control. Do you know that the enemy loves control? That is why, you know, you have people like, oh, possession. Why is that a big deal to the enemy? Because possession means he dominates. He is in control. That's why things that work for the enemy, witchcraft, spirit of rebellion, is controlling. They want to control. Jesus is taken up to God away from the dragon Now, this is symbolizing his ascension after he was crucified, dead, and buried, rose from the grave three days later. Verse 6 brings us right back into the middle of the tribulation. The woman fled into the wilderness where God had prepared a place to care for her 1,260 days. And so now the scene starts to change in the next verse. So 7 and 8 go on and said, There was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and his angels, and the dragon lost the battle, and he and his angels were forced out of heaven. Now, We need to understand, now think about this, and when we read the original scripture, when Satan was cast out of heaven, he took how many of the, he took a third, a third with him. So that's his group. And so that's what's going on. 
And, you know, so I started thinking, what would that have looked like? Now, I was raised during the Ali years. Anybody remember when you, I don't know, maybe now it's UFC. A lot of people watch UFC. Some of that gets pretty nasty, doesn't it? Because when it was boxing, if it got too bad, they just, you know, you never really saw what you see now. But I remember Ali. Anybody remember Muhammad? That's right. Mm, ooh, mm, that's so pretty. Remember? He float like a butterfly, sting like a bee. Mm, Joe Frazier. I mean, we watched all those fights. I remember watching them. It was so Ali and Foreman, Ali and Frazier. And it just, it was, you know, that was like a big deal. And it was, oh, that was the big fight. What would this have looked like? Some of you are like, I didn't watch boxing. I was more into Bruce Lee and Chuck Norris. I remember that too. I mean, you know, Return of the Dragon. You got to see those guys face off. And it was, whoo, man, it was like, you know, the best of the best. But we need to understand, Michael is an archangel. He knows how to fight. Michael is well-versed in this. This is like, I mean, Michael is like a Goliath. Do you understand? I mean, this is not like Michael's first rodeo. He knows how to fight. He's the chief among angels, and he leads the charge in this battle. Some say that Michael is Jesus here. I don't, I don't think that is. I don't think it adds up. Michael has an assignment, and his assignment is to protect the nation of Israel. And we read about it in Daniel 12.1. At that time, Michael, the archangel who stands guard over, over your nation, will arise. Then there will be a time of anguish greater than any since nations first came into existence. But at that time, every one of your people whose name is written in the book will be rescued. Pretty amazing how God starts putting all of these chess pieces in line. Look at verse 9. This great dragon, the ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, the one deceiving the whole world, was thrown down to the earth with all his angels. He gets beat. His party gets ruined. <laughs> his parade has been rained on. He is not a happy camper. Victory is heard through the camp of God. 1210 of Revelation says, I heard a loud voice shouting across the heavens. It has come at last. Salvation and power in the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers and sisters have been thrown down to earth. The one who accuses them before our God day and night. Now the word devil actually means accuser. That's exactly what he is. He is, the, he is the master of the guilt trip. Has anybody ever been on a guilt trip? We've all been there. If you do something, you can't wait to do something, you're like, oh, I can't wait just to have this time just to be with me. And then you get to be with you, and then you get, you're so selfish. If you were any kind of person, you would have taken someone with you. Or you could have done this, or you could have done that. Anybody do that besides me? Yeah, and let the enemy just start playing with your brain. It's like ping pong. It's that kind of stuff. The enemy is the accuser. He is the guilt tripper. He is the condemnation guy. In Job, we see Satan pleading his case to God against man. But in this particular case, Job. And why... I, you know, I just want you to know why this is important. He is the accuser of the, breth, 
So if he's the accuser of the brethren, why is this important that we're talking about accusations? That's just what they are. Accusations don't stick. You can be accused of something, but how many knows the truth will come out? In Christ, the Bible says, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. Come on. As long as we stay in Christ and we are the truth and we are standing on the truth and we are saying the truth, then God has taken care of it. Lies only become the truth if you are deceived and you believe them. There's a lot of deception going on in America right now. And we need to understand the truth. That is why it's so important to stay close to the word of God. Stay close. You know, we just dedicated kids. Stay close to father. That would be the thing. You know, we all, as, as fathers, inside God put something in there to protect. There's just something in there. You, you might say, no, it's not me. I, I, I knew I had a pastor friend one time. Kim will remember this. His name was Jeff. And, and his wife, she was a lot taller. Jeff was a smaller guy. He was, you know, maybe 5'2 or something. This small-framed man, really funny, really nice. And she was, she was probably close to six foot. I don't know. She was taller. But, I mean, they were very different in height. And she wakes him up one night. She says, Jeff, I hear something. There it is again. Go find out what it is. And his answer was, you're bigger, you go. But for the most part, men will just something will kick in that you will say, okay, that's it. I mean, I've had it kick in with me. Then times I'd, I never thought and be threatened and just take my child and just push him behind me and stand between whatever was threatening and my child. Come on, are you in the house today? Because something is inside us as people of God to say, you know what? I cannot cross this line. Something inside your spirit will go, Bring. You know, people, and, some, and we don't listen. And it doesn't mean that you're bad. It's just sometimes we don't recognize the Spirit of God trying to tell us, don't go here, don't do this, don't do that, because we're getting bang. But we are just like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't feel good. But I think it's still a good, because we will rationalize out a good, reasonable decision in the natural but god might be telling you something in the supernatural that says bang don't do that lies there's a lot going around we need to stay close to truth stay close to the word line everything up with the word of god if it doesn't line up with the word of god don't go with it Revelation 12, 11, this is one of my all-time favorite scriptures. Love this one. They defeated him by the blood of the lamb and by their testimony. The New King James says by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. So this is how you defeat the enemy. All the time, every time. People ask me all the time, the kingdom works confessing with our mouth, believing in our heart, do not doubting. That's how the kingdom works. That's how things happen. That's how you, you know if God has given you something. If you know how it works, if you knew electricity and you know how to put the wires together, that's how, it, that's how the light comes on. 
If you don't do that right, the light doesn't come on. Here's the way that light works. So it doesn't matter. You can just, if you do what you're supposed to do, the light comes on. We need to understand. So with this, people say, well, by the word, I don't, I don't understand. What word is that? You see, I put my faith in Jesus. I put my faith in what he did on Calvary. You know, on this, this day, those years, thousands of years ago, he said, I know Brett Gleesman, and I will go to the cross because I love him. And he said, I know you, and he'll go to the cross because he loves you. So everything that I am, everything that I'm going to be, everything that I desire is in Christ. In him I live, I move, I have my being. It's all about Jesus, my friends. The blood covers all guilt and shame. The accuser doesn't have anything on you. But this is what people say, well, if I stand up for Jesus, it puts me in danger. The Bible says they did not love their lives so much that they were afraid to die. So the earth is rejoicing and the dragon realizes what's happened. So he goes after the woman. He goes after Israel. He's been after Israel since the beginning. And life it just gets, sometimes it just gets, what happened to simple? You remember simple? Was it just simple? What happened to just, hmm. I can still hear my mom calling me. Brett, time to come in for supper. Any kids remember their mom calling them? Remember when, when you played outside and, and it was just fun? You never worried about a threat or an attack? My mom and dad taught us how to cross the street, how to look both ways, and you know, left, right, left again, cross the street. Some things maybe they taught us and we didn't take. We used to, I still remember the mosquito truck coming, spraying stuff. We used to play in that. I don't know if that's had any effect on me or not, but it could. <laughs> it has just been, life was just, it seems so simple. It just seemed as a, as a child. And isn't that what we spent? We spent all our lives as kids. Kids, you look at me, you spend all your life going, I can't wait to get out of school. And you get out of school and you're like, I had it so good in school. Because you think, oh man, I just can't wait. <sighs> I mean, I had a lot of wake-up calls in my life. I've had a lot. Maybe I'm sure I'm not the only one. I went to college. And they didn't get out, Ohio State didn't give out Fs. They gave out Es. I don't really know what the E stood for, unless you were just like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> but I got... First quarter of college, I got two E's and a B. I got a B in art because I was going to be a commercial artist, and I got two E's and a letter from Ohio State saying, are you sure you want to go to college? <laughs> and I felt like Gomer Pyle, go away. But I had, to, I had to buckle up, you know, suck it up, buttercup, and figure out what am I doing and go back and do some things. And now we live in a time that it's almost just like you can't hardly say anything without somebody saying, you're racist. 
If you, if you don't say it right, you're racist. You can talk to the person that's saying you're racist and they probably have a different, I mean, you're just like, it's, it's not safe to talk. But when we were little, red and yellow, black and white, all are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. We didn't think about that. I had a, I had a black friend in school. <gasps> he didn't call him African-American. No, I didn't. I have black friends, and they, I've asked them, do you like African-American? Just call me black. Okay. I do not care. I don't care about their color. But I remember like, we were friends. I was getting threatened because people just didn't like people because of their skin color. Remember those days? And then our country got through that, and we needed to because racism is bad no matter who it comes from. I mean... Anti-Jew, anti-Arab, anti-Palestine, anti-black, whatever. I mean, back even in here, there's people that are just, you know, the enemy is after whatever he can get a foothold in. People are looking. There are people out there that just are looking for a way to be offended. Some are even setting things up so you'll say something wrong so they can be offended or they can call you on it. But let me say this long and let me say this loud. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. And God doesn't care red, yellow, black, or white like we sang before when we were kids. They're all precious in his sight. Jesus is coming back again as sure as you're sitting there, as sure as I'm standing here. He's coming back for those that are proclaiming him as Lord of Lord and King of Kings. But there are people that's going to attack Israel, and they're going to have a bond with the enemy because you know, who you hang around, you become like. The enemy goes hard after Jews. And again, talk about racism. This is the enemy just going after God's people. So Revelation 12, 12 and 13 says this. Rejoice, O heavens, and you, live, uh, and you who live in the heavens. Rejoice, but terror will come on the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you in great anger, knowing that he has little time. I, I like the fact that he knows his time is short. Anyway, the dragon realized he has been thrown down to the earth, and he pursued the woman who had given birth to the male child. How many knows God's always ahead of the enemy? He knows what he's going to do. He knows what to do. He knows how to do it. He warned Joseph in a dream, take the boy, go over here, do this, do that. He's always a step ahead. God will always protect you. These are things that make me realize and make me know that God will protect you during this time. If this place gets bad as far as the world, he will protect you. You need Jesus, my friend. The three wise men were even told. There's, I mean, just example after example. Revelation 12, 14, she's given two wings like those of a great eagle so she could fly to a place prepared for her in the wilderness. And there she would be cared for and protected from the dragon for a time, times, uh, for a time, times, and half a time. So two times in the scripture, so I'm going to break that down. Two times we see Israel fleeing into the wilderness, being kept safe. Both times are listed. 1,260 days, remember we said that earlier, 1,260 days is three and a half years. Time, time and a half time, three and a half years. So this starts putting the puzzle together because God is doing things and the Antichrist is going to break the covenant midway, mid-tribulation. And mid-tribulation, if it's seven years, is what? Three and a half years. So Satan is, is, he's ticked, and he can't attack Israel, he can't get to her, so he goes after her offspring, and that's tribulation Christians. 
and that's when that changes. Are you with me? Remember in the first three and a half years, and then this is where after this we're going to get into where before long it's going to be talking about a mark. It's going to be talking about buying and selling, and it's going to be talking about those that are following Christ. He can't get to what he wants, so he's going after those that are like him. Come on, somebody. You are made in the image of God. He can't stand that. So this is kind of interesting. Your testimony to Jesus gets you a couple things because the line has been drawn. You get saved by God, but you get put on the enemy's wanted list. So this is, this is even uh, more intense than playing Red Dead 2. You're wanted. Let me ask you this question. Are you on the enemy's wanted list? I mean, I want, if I'm ever going to make a list, I mean, I want to be on God's. I want to have my name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. I want to be able to him go, your name's in that book. Yeah, want that. But I also want to be on the enemy's list. I want to be on the enemy's list that says, oh, I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, if he starts praying, things start happening. Because listen, you need to be so full of God that God is just coming out of everything that's inside you. He's coming out your eyeballs, your earballs, everything. You don't have any earballs, but don't let it work. He's just coming out. <laughs> I'm just excited. <laughs> Jesus, do we have earballs? <laughs> no, Brett, you've got wax in yours. Get it out. So, are you a threat to the enemy? Satan is attacking the enemy's gold. Now, listen to John 10 10, and I'm just about to finish this. It's the thief's purpose. Now, our, 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 our statement here is in True Life Church, you're to live life on purpose. I mean, and, and isn't that true? God, you put anointing in me. You told me I have the keys of the kingdom. I can bind and I can loose. And so I'm able to do that. I'm able to pray and see God do great things. The enemy's job, his purpose, is to steal, kill, and destroy. If you're finding any of those, you can be assured it's not God. His life is to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. Let me ask you this morning, and we're about to close this. Where are you at? Now, as we're going through, I mean, these, as much as this is revelation, this is for what we're do, dealing with today because people are, are looking for answers. Some are, are afraid. And I love what Pastor Kim said because this is so true. When Jesus came back into town, and there's a whole study about why they got palm branches and all kinds of, but people were like, Hosanna, Hosanna. Because they had heard four days and Lazarus came out of the tomb. Now, if we rewind just a little bit, when Jesus went and stood in front of that tomb, this is again one of my favorite scriptures. He says this, Father, you hear me. You always hear me. And that rocks. Do you know you don't have to talk loud for God to hear you? But there's power in your confession. There's life in your words. So we speak life. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? This morning.